Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. All right. Hey, friends, we are in for a treat today. I've got an interview with actually one of my students, Troy Wiggins of Dubs Lighting. We'll have uh, dubslighting.com, I think it is. We'll have the link in the show notes and all that. Um, And Troy's a really interesting guy because, you know, he had been a guy who was in the labs. And then one day he was like, oh, by the way, I'm in Nashville. Oh, by the way, um, you know, I live in Nashville. And oh, by the way, I kind of started this lighting company, you know, that's somewhat successful at this point. Um, And so I wanted to chat with Troy and, you know, hear a little bit more about his journey into lighting hear a little bit more about how he got there, what inspired him, and how he looks at shows. I think it's really interesting for people to listen to, uh, you, you, me, whoever, um, because like many of you, Troy didn't come from a lighting or production background. Uh, Maybe that's your story, maybe that's not. And I find it really interesting to talk to somebody and see how they look at things in our world, see how they look at programming different scenes, see how they look at lighting overall when that's not their background at all. So enjoy this interview with Troy, and uh, thanks for being a subscriber here. Troy, so you came to me um, in Learn Stage Lighting Labs, and and one day, just as we were talking a minute ago, you were like, hey, I built this lighting company. Um, Thanks for all your help, you know, basically. And uh, and so I wanted to talk about that today because um, you didn't come... You didn't start as an audio guy, right? Right. You, you didn't start as a lighting person. Correct. Uh, no. Nope. Drummer? Was it a drummer? I was, yep. Yeah. And there's no shame in that. No, it's all good. Drummers are great lighting people because <laughs> you can be on beat. Um, but I just want to chat about that today because I think it's really interesting. Um, obviously, not everybody that listens to me is going to do lighting professionally in any aspect. Um, but... I think your journey is interesting because you kind of started at that hobbyist level and now, you know, literally it's maybe your full-time thing, maybe not right now. Obviously it's your no time thing kind of <laughs> We're in the middle Sad. of this COVID-19 thing. Oh my goodness. But, uh, but yeah. So how, how and why really did you start with lighting? I'll, I'll take you back briefly. Um, like you mentioned, I was a drummer. I was playing in a band. Uh, I toured with this one band for about eight years and, um, I, I never, I never touched the production side of the business. You know, I was all in on the creative. I was a drummer in a band and that's what I wanted to do. Um, you know, it was type of thing where everything was kind of centered around the being a musician and being the one on stage. And, um, and I did that for quite a while, a couple bands. And like I said, one took me, you know, around the country for about seven, eight years. And, um, I got into lighting just very randomly towards kind of the tail end of that when uh, we were playing these venues, you know, the, the clubs and venues were getting a little bigger and, you know, venues had a little more legitimate light rigs. And um, I started thinking of just, I wanted something that I could also pursue within the industry that I could use all the contacts I've made over the years, mm. whether it be bands, managers, talent buyers, venues. Um, and so I kind of put that in connection with, you know, what is, what does a band like ours need? You know, we're a, definitely a mid-level band. You know, you, most people never heard of us. You know, we're traveling the country. We're playing these, you know, mid-tier clubs and bars and venues. And I was like, what, what, what do we need? And what do other bands like us need to kind of, you know, bridge the gap to get to that next level to where, you know, you could sell, you know, 500,000 tickets. And, and that's where I kind of just fell into the lighting. It's like, you know, here in Nashville, as you know, everyone's competing for 
the drummer slot or the singer or the guitar or the front of house engineer. And I was like, no one, I, I don't know any lighting people. Like, like th this seems awesome. It's, it's part technical. It's part creative. Like that, that works with my brain. I was like, let me dig into this. And long story short, we we're on tour of the band and we we're at this great venue. I believe it was the white Oak in Houston, Texas, but they just got this really cool new rig and new console. And we walked in and they were like, do you guys have a light guy? And I was like, uh, like yeah, I'll I'll run lights for the band. I just I just been itching to get my hands on a board to be honest because I've been reading about it and learning and so I just said let me hop on the console and and uh, that was that was about three years ago um, to the date last month and ever since then it's been steady build constant learning and um, it, it's grown into yeah a company which I have today that <laughs> like you said unfortunately isn't in operation at the moment but um, yeah that's kind of how I initially got started. Yeah, that's that's nuts. So, so you were at this club in Houston. So, I guess you weren't drumming that night. I was drumming, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay, because that's what I was. How, so I don't even know, but it's all right. No, it's all good. I, I was drumming, but I, I I opted to do the lights for the band that we were on tour with. Oh, I guess oh, I got it. Mentioned. Like who was ever it was opening, or maybe you were opening. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 So get off stage, run back there. Cool. Oh, cool. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And so so you decided to kind of start this lighting company with the kind of bus and trailer um, band in mind. And, um, and so, yeah, like, how'd you get started? Like you just, I'm just, you know, like, I'm curious. It's, it, it started with Google and it shortly, you know, landed me on, on learnstagelighting.com and between your website and your YouTube channel, I would say it, it was 95% of what got me up and running. Um, and it was, Basically, I got into it. I had some money saved. I used the money for, I think at the time it was four of the Chave DJ Intimidator 255s, which I believe were a recommendation of yours. Um, you know, I started right with the Onyx. At the time, it was the MPC software, um, which I still use and love. And it was as simple as a, I got the M play. And uh, so I had, you know, a controller and four lights to start learning. And uh, I mean, I'm, you know, when I say I started with your videos, it was literally like video one. What is DMX five twelve? You know, that was the <laughs> yeah, because you had no no production experience, no production experience. So I really needed the the base level. You know, here here's your introduction crash course into what lighting is and how lighting works, and um, and it's it's just been developed ever since then. Yeah. So how did this like start? Like, so how'd you get your first gig? Like, besides that, was it with that other band or? It wasn't. It was something that I wanted to, at the time I was still touring, I wanted something I could do when I'm in town, not on the road. And what I did is I started pretty much cold emailing bands and seeing the managers in there too. So they saw it. Um, I kind of focused on a couple clubs here in town that were anywhere. It was like anywhere from 150 capacity to kind of like exited up to like five, 600 capacity. And I kind of focused on those venues and I just looked, uh, you know, a couple months out of the bands that were playing and uh, I, I just kind of cold emailed them and say, hey, this is, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I can provide. And um, that's kind of where the whole business kind of started to formulate, where I wanted to, you know, provide professional level production at a price that was affordable for these bands. Because, you know, for several years, I've been touring clubs of the similar size. I know, I know the, the, the money you can make if you you know, if you sell it out or if you make, you know, sell 20 tickets, you know, I know the production fees for these venues in town. I know what, I know the budget they're working with. So I wanted something that I could provide to help them elevate their show and still stay in their budget. And, um, 
that's kind of how it originally started. And uh, everything that I kind of bought along the way was designed to kind of keep a small footprint on stage and be adaptable for, you know, the band's stage plot and what they might want or not want. And so everything I, I kind of invested in after that was designed to be flexible with the artists I work with and the venues and the stage sizes. And that's really key because, I mean, your, your um, bus and trailer tours are basically, you know, what you're kind of aiming at, it sounds like. Kind of this band that's not, like, super poor. They've got some, some, some growth, but they're not bringing a trailer full of, uh, you know, a full-size truck full of gear. they got to fit it into a trailer. So it's got to be. It's got to be small and it's got to be flexible. Because um, as you probably know, I'm guessing, some of these bands, you know, one night they're going to play this club with a, you know, postage stamp size stage. And, you know, 100 people, and then the next night they might play a room of 500 um, because that's how these things get booked sometimes, <laughs> you know, as ridiculous as it sounds. Um, and so, yep. and so, yeah, I'm just kind of curious um, when, so you've, you've got, you kind of got two things, right? You run lights for people, and then I see in your site, and I didn't realize you did this, that you do synced vid- visuals um, with, um, you know, backing tracks, basically, as well. And so how'd you get into that? Was that just something you decided to do? It was, and it was, you know, I have to, I have to credit the inspiration. Uh, we were on tour with a band out on the West coast and they had a full live production that they took with them. No, uh, no LD, just, it was, they, it was the first thing they set up. The whole band did it. Um, and the company was called, they were called duck lights mm. and they provided, um, all the production, all the programming, all the kind of networking you would need to pretty much plug and play when you get to the venue every day. And I was really, uh, I was really inspired by that because all of a sudden you could be, you know, you don't have to be a band playing arenas and massive amphitheaters to have a high quality, uh, you know, production value. So that was super inspiring. And the show was just so clean and so tasteful, you know, and that's when I came to learn about time code and, and, and sync shows. And I kind of wanted to apply that back in Nashville and back on this side of the States. And that's kind of where uh, the business is still developing on that end. But, um, you know, once I kind of got inspired, I, you know, learned about visualizers and, you know, I, I got a capture license and a computer that could handle all of it and a monitor all per, you know, your health and, <laughs> and suggestions. And, and, uh, so that's kind of the next phase of the business that I'm developing now. And I'd love to send out, you know, automated lighting packages with bands that, you know, could, I could simplify the process as much as possible they don't need another seat in the van. It's another belly to feed. You know, I just want them to be able to plug and play. And um, that's kind of where the other aspect of the business is going that I can, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely continuing to develop during these uh, quarantine times. Yeah, and that's something I love. I love that concept just because it's like, it gives you it gives you as the designer also the time to really sit down and thoughtfully make the lighting right and make it look really good and really sit down and do that. And then, you know, send it out and it's consistent every night. Um, you know, the, the downside, of course, is that you have to pre-program everything. You know, you can't really make updates as the show's going on because you're not mm-hmm. there. But, I mean, you could. But, but, uh, but, but I think that's interesting. So, you're sitting down to light a song. Um, what do you think of? Like, how do you come up with lighting for a song? I'm just kind of, I get really curious when I talk to people that don't have like a production background because often you have a very different perspective on how to to think of this kind of stuff. Totally. I kind of carried it over from when I was just, um, 
you know, hired by bands and it was predominantly busking. But what I try to do ever since the start is take a, a musical approach to the process. And, um, you know, I, I approach it as if, you know, I'm a hired drummer for a band, you know, hired to play a show is, uh, you know, I, I typically request a set list as far in advance as possible because what I like to do is take that and I like to learn the songs as if I'm learning them from uh, as a drummer or bass player, you know. And uh, so typically, yeah, I'll listen to the song and, you know, usually within that first pass of listening to it, you you generate your initial ideas. And usually I think those initial ideas of how the song should look and go are kind of the best place uh, you know, to start. So typically listen through, you kind of get a feel, a vibe of the song, you know, moody, upbeat, energetic colors start, you know, coming into my head. And then I pretty much just start it out. You know, I go intro verse, you know, verse 1.1, you know, pre-chorus, chorus. And I just start out the song as if I would learning it as a music, you know, as a musical instrument. And, um, and then what I'll typically do is kind of just build some bass looks and, uh, cue stacks for just the, you know, intro chorus bridge, uh, whatever it might be. And that kind of transitioned into, you know, when I started doing the time-coded sync visuals, I kind of had a basis for creating those, you know, bass cue looks throughout the song. And uh, and then I would kind of just build, you know, a, a busk punt, you know, page off of that that I could play along with. And um, so that's kind of been the whole concept from the beginning is just to approach it, you know, like a musician would and, and try to be as musical as possible. Because at the end of the day, that that's why you're there, you know, to to make to make them look and sound better. Yeah, I love that. And I love the process too, because obviously it's something that I talk about a fair amount of just like, okay, don't get hung up in all the details. Just start with something basic, you know, and you can always add on to it later. You can always update it later, you know, et cetera. Um, And so actually let's talk about, I was just looking at some of your pictures. So let's talk Mm -hmm. about your rig today for, um, for a lot of your shows. What do you, what are you using these days? And uh, you know, how do you have it set up? Sure. It's grown over the years. And um, I'll say I kind of changed the, you know, with, with the size stages I work in, the artists I work with, every show kind of requires a different stage setup. So um, like I said, everything I, I, I purchased up until this point was to be, you know, adaptable and keep a small footprint. So I have a six of the Intimidator 255s. I have two of the 355s, which are slightly larger LED. Um, I have a couple of the ADJ uh inno pocket z4s i think they're called oh, yeah, it's a small yeah yeah small moving wash head that i love um i have some uh moving uh like tiltable led par bars pretty much that i do some cool stuff with i came i had a buddy just give me a bunch of old school park hands i'll use for you know some shows occasionally just if they want that aesthetic uh, i got some of the Sh- chave shocker twos kind of the blinder stroh yeah. warm light uh I use those for uh, a bunch of things. Um, I think I have a couple Chave wash effects. I've, you know, constructed a bunch of custom LED, you know, through decoder boxes that I learned, uh, you know, thank you to you. (laughs) So those have really been great. And uh, I'm trying to think. Um, The Antari, uh, the Antari Hazer, it's the Z... Z three hundred Hazer, I want to say. Probably it, yeah, three hundred, three fifty, something like that. That's the one, the three fifty, yeah, yeah which super I absolutely popular. love. Yeah, yeah, it's been an absolute workhorse, and I love that. And um, yeah, and then just some, some smaller LED, you know, par fixtures that I'll use occasionally, and um, that's kind of what I'm at now, I think. And so far, it's been great for the shows I'm doing, and 
you know, as you know, most of the artists, they, they, they have no idea from the gear end. So, you know, while my stuff might not be, you know, the top end production stuff, you know, it, it looks, it looks really good. And, you know, it throws light across the rooms I need it to. And so far it's all been great and held up really well. Well, that's the thing, man. I mean, it's, it's like, it's all about, you know, how it looks, not what you have. Right. And that's one of the things I always harp on is like, you know, learn how to use your stuff really well and make something good out of it. Like one good example, like those ADJ, I love those things, the, uh, the Z force because, and I recommend those to people all the time. Yeah. Cause the minimum advertised price online and you can get them better. Of course, if you talk to a dealer is four seventy nine. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, sure they're small, but they zoom and so they can get pretty narrow and, and then, and then they're, pretty bright on a stage you know for what they are um or you can go wider on a dark stage and it's there's just it's just so cool you know i love little tools like that that uh that work well but yeah i'm just looking at your instagram here and the stuff looks really great um it's it's great you know it's it's so cool um yeah i appreciate that man i've been you know it's i'm about three years into the journey and you know i finally kind of got all my my stuff together to launch the business officially and so that's kind of why you know, from a social media standpoint, it's relatively new, but, you know, I've been working towards this and, you know, unfortunately I kind of launched it right, right as the COVID hit, but you know, so it goes. Yeah. And it's, it's dubs lighting. We'll link to all the stuff of course, but, uh, appreciate it. But yeah, I mean, these photos you get, they're great photos, obviously, you know, some of them probably came from photographers, um, but they look great. You know, it's just, it's awesome. It captures that, that really fun live energy. Thanks, uh, man. Yeah. So out of the lights you've got, I'm just curious, like what's, uh, what's the favorite one to use? The, the 255 spots have just been workhorses. I mean, you could put them anywhere on the floor, you could hang them. I mean, they, they, they really cut through. And, you know, I mentioned as you know, exit in here in town, I mean, it, it'll throw, it's a five, 600 capacity venue. It'll, it'll throw the lights to the back of the room, no problem. And, um, you know, there's, there's certain things, you know, it's got the color wheel, which, you know, I'd love to get some fixtures without the color wheel and, but I would say the 255s, man, they, they've just been great. And every time I use them on a gig, people comment on them and they're affordable. And like you said, you get them through a dealer, you get them for a great price and um, they've lasted a long time. And yeah, def- definitely been loving those. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, I'm just, so you obviously, you come into venues and you probably sometimes at least patch their lighting rig or use parts of venues, lighting rigs. Um, so, you know, on that same topic, what's your favorite light that you've run into out there? Um, you know, in the world that's not yours. <laughs> that you yeah. use. Like most people now, the, the, the elation darts, those are just, I think, I think they're just super awesome. Um, I ran into some of those and I just think they're great for all you can do with them. And uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd probably say the darts are kind of my favorites that I've run into, but you know, once you get, you start working with some of the fixtures, you always hear about the Vipers and the BMFLs and they're just absolutely incredible, but you, know, you only get to handle those few and far between now at, you know, the smaller production levels, but being able to work with those. And then the X four bars, tens and twenties are just absolutely fantastic. Um, I've got a little bit of shop experience in town, so I've got to work with some of those and that so would kind of pinpoint those. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. It's just, it's so interesting. Like, as you probably know, you go to these venues and you, you mix your lighting rig with theirs. And sometimes it may be like super nice stuff. And other times it might be super, super terrible stuff, you know, and poor, poorly maintained and whatnot. And, and, uh, you know, you get, you get to see all of that for sure. It's, it's interesting. It definitely is. And that, that was definitely a learning curve too, is, you know, that, uh, you know, being able to tie, I, I do try to pre-program, pre-patch everything, uh, before the show. And, you know, that was just another hurdle that, you know, <laughs> y'all helped me overcome. And, um, it, it is great to be able just to get to the venue and plug and play. And then, 
you know, touch up and edit stuff as you need to, you know, make the show look better. But that was, uh, that was definitely part of learning curve as well, but definitely an important part too. Yeah. Out of curiosity, because I don't know how you do it. Um, when you do integrate, talk me through how you would integrate, um, uh, uh, a venue stuff. Like, do you clone it all into your show or do you just patch it in and kind of program a couple scenes or like, what's your workflow look like to, to do that? Yeah. What I started with was individual show files for the venues I'd be working. So I would start and pretty much just create a show file that, that had all the attributes kind of built in already. And then I used the, it was the Shave DMX AN node, I believe. Um, I started with just one of those. That way I'd have my universe on one end and hopefully the venues was on one universe as well, which the ones I started out all were. So yeah, just two universes. And I've kind of expanded the notes at that point to give me more universe options. And uh, I've done a little bit of touring with, with the band where I've needed, you know, more universes on the road. And, um, so that's kind of was my intro to networking and kind of how I still go about it. Cool. But then like on the programming side, like, like what's mm-hmm. your workflow there? Like you, so you patch in their stuff and then what happens? Uh, patch in. And then it's just, you know, you start with the group's presets and, you know, anything that needs to be cloned, I'll clone. But, you know, I found with cloning some of the fixtures that I have, you, sometimes you spend more work, you know, updating the, the pre-existing clone attributes that, you know, most of these show files, I'll just start each from scratch and patch the fixtures and then, yeah, groups, presets. And then I just build, you know, a, predominantly a bus, a busking page built out of it. And like I said, kind of each show by show, I'll take and build, you know, preset looks that way you know, when a song ends, you know, I could either black out or bring down the lights and then I'll just, whatever the next song has, you know, I'll hit that cue and that'll at least give me the base look to start for the intro of the song. Um, so I don't know if that answered it. No, it does. And it was kind of a point I was, I was itching at a little because I like to recommend this to people. It's like, you don't have like make your lights do the heavy lifting, you know, of the visual impact, you know, use their lights. Sure. Mm-hmm program them in but it's like if you have their lights doing some really basic stuff and your lights doing some really cool stuff it looks really cool it looks like everything's doing really cool stuff you know to the to the audience member totally and i guess it was worth knowing sometimes i will save you know this is before i kind of had visualization software but i would save kind of building the effects for the house rig when i got there you know i try to pre-build all you know my my rig that i'm bringing in have that kind of what i want and then use some of the time of the venue once I'm all set up and organized to kind of start building my intensity and chase effects and dimmer effects and stuff. So, Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah, and you use Onyx. I don't know if we've mentioned that. Is Onyx the only one you use these days? I'm just curious. Onyx predominantly. Um, predominantly. Uh, I've operated on Avo Hog MA um, over quarantine times. I've been taking the, uh, the ACT MA classes and um, I'm really kind of trying to step up my MA chops, which is which is a bit of a, a learning curve, but you know, so was Onyx at the time. So, um, I, I, I still really love Onyx. I think it's a great platform. I think it's incredibly user-friendly. It's, um, it's visually appealing and it just, it just made sense for how my brain worked when I first, you know, started diving into the lighting world. Yeah. And what you'll find too is like, okay, MA is great, but it's expensive. Um, and Onyx is better on the PC. It's just a better experience, but um, when you learn MA and when you really get to know it and then you are back on Onyx programming, you'll find that learning a new console helps actually stretch you and become a better programmer with your old console, um, if that oh. makes sense. That's what I've found. Anytime I learn a new one, there's things that I'm like, oh, well, this is easy to do over here. How can I do it over here? You know, and it, it's, it's cool because it stretches you and it helps you become a better 
programmer, ultimately that means you can work faster, you know, hopefully, and uh, get the same result. Totally. And that's where I'm at is, you know, from an operations standpoint, I, I, you know, I could operate on several consoles, but my next step is to kind of take the programming deep dive into some of the other consoles. Cause like you said, it's all, you know, I, I want to learn it all and it's all going to benefit, you know, regardless of which console you choose to use. So that's kind of, it's kind of the next step for me. Exactly. And hopefully, you know, who knows how long this COVID thing is going to last for our industry, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been some people trying to do, I think there was, was there a show in Arkansas? Did it actually happen the other day? Uh, Did it? And we're on, we're on the 19th of May. Um, I can't remember. What was that guy's name? Some country artist. But they were going to have a socially distant show at some outdoor thing um, in Arkansas. And then they like moved it, but then they were going to go forward with it. I don't know if it happened, but, but you know, it's anybody's guess how long this thing's going to last. Um, hopefully, yeah. hopefully we'll get through it soon. You know, the thing I keep reminding myself of when I think about, oh my goodness, like all these people I know have like no work and it stinks so badly, um, is like, it's just crazy because here it's March 19th, we're recording this. And it was, yeah, it was about two months ago, exactly. It was mid, or it's May 19th, sorry. It was about March, mid-March when everything literally came to a screeching halt. You know, where I remember one day, like I was getting ready to to go fly somewhere the next week to go do a Mm -hmm. training, like... And it looked like it was going to happen, and then it didn't. And, it, and so it's like everything stopped so quick. I'm just – the future will tell how quickly things restart. You know, some people say it's going to be, you know, years. I hope I hope they're very wrong. You know, other people say much quicker. I guess we'll see. Yeah, and that's the, – the unknown of that is kind of the hardest part of this too. You know, it's – I mean, I'm already tired of waiting around. You know what I mean? But there's no telling how long it's going to be and – you know, the, the, the unknown aspect of it is kind of a little, uh, uh, you know, a little scary, but you know, trying to stay busy. It is. Yeah. 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 So what are you doing to keep yourself busy? Just learning? <laughs> a lot of learning, man. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, I've, 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 I've gone back to my odd jobs just to make the ends meet. But, um, you know, like I said, I've been doing deep dives. I took a, I took a course on, on the campus console. You know, I did the, uh, the ACT lighting for the MA parts one and two and, and then really the, the visualization, the capture has been the deep dive that's been great for me. And that's really helped me elevate my programming chops to where, you know, I could finally see what I'm doing without setting up all my lights in the living room and driving my wife crazy. I can <laughs> have it all right in front of my screen. And, you know, I've kind of gone in and rebuilt some of the venues here in town in capture. So oh, I kind of cool, have cool. yeah. something I could, you know, send, send clients when shows get going and say, Hey, this is, you know, exactly what your show could look like and give them some options. So that's been really fun. And I kind of take that and, you know, apply to the time code. And, um, so it's been, it's been, it's been great, you know, in the sense of being able to really just, you know, settle down and focus and and, and learn again. So it's been, it's been kind of nice in the same point to just kind of take a breather, take take a step back. Cause like you, like many people, we had four years planned and it was going to be busy years. And, um, there's something to be said for taking some time to sit back and reflect and, you know, spend time with the people you love and the things you love doing. So it hasn't all been bad. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, everybody who I trust that I talk to about this seems to be on the same page that when the industry does come back and when we are able to have live events again, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be like so much money poured into it. And I really think that's the case just because like, sure, our industry's dead, but 
there are so many people. I mean, when I look around, like like all the people in my neighborhood that work construction, they're all working, but then they just come home and do nothing at night. And so they've got extra money coming around. You know, anybody that's got like an office job, which is like, I feel like a pretty good amount of America. Uh, mm-hmm. Because manufacturing, for the most part, has left America. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's some of it, but not a ton. You know, like a lot of people are working, but then they're not spending money on entertainment. And so I really feel like when this thing comes back, hopefully it comes back uh, just nuts. So, you know, I'm with you, man. I'm with you on that. Uh, hopefully, yeah, it'll come back and, and hit with a boom and we'll all be right back and back at it. Awesome. Well, hey, it was great to talk to you, Troy. Awesome to just meet you and, and get closer and, uh, you know, talk about Dubs Lighting. And hopefully, you know, we'll be back to this thing soon. If you're not uh, lighting some live streams soon or who knows, maybe live shows, you know, hopefully soon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, man. I just want to say on behalf of everybody, thank you for what you do for the lighting community, man. It's uh, you, you've, you've bestowed a lot of knowledge on us and it, uh, it doesn't it doesn't go unappreciated, man. So, like I said, you got me from from zero to here. So I, I really appreciate that, man, and all you do. Awesome. And that's great to hear because that's why I do this, you know, obviously. And it's it's been a fun ride to just just growing this thing and, you know, continuing to, to serve people online. And so thank you for saying that. Awesome, man. Great talking to you. Great talking to you as well, David. <laughs>